Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for 10th Sunday after Trinity, the 11th in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Listeners may benefit from the Companion AIC seasonal video series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, which is presented in nine episodes each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the collect epistle and gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for 10th Sunday after Trinity are discussed in Episode 5. The Epistle reading for 10th Sunday after Trinity, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1-11, through 11, is St. Paul's teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, the discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. When St. Paul speaks of tongues, his primary meaning is the various languages of mankind and not the speaking of charismatic languages which none can understand. When he speaks of dumb idols, he is referring to the many Old Testament quotations which speak of idols which have eyes but do not see and tongues which do not speak and ears that do not hear. The Gospel reading for 10th Sunday after Trinity, Luke 19, verses 41 to 47a, contains wisdom from Jesus Christ on two topics— the fate of Jerusalem, and the cleansing of the temple. The time is Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem with Jesus fulfilling Old Testament prophecy from from Zechariah 9.9 by riding a colt into the city. That event had already taken place before we enter the scene in the reading. The common people of the city called Jesus a king, quoting a variation on Psalm 118, verse 26, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, in verse 38a. They also shouted in 38b, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The Pharisees reacted by demanding that Jesus, quote, rebuke your disciples, in verse 39. Instead, Jesus wept for the fate of the city of David. The scriptural text suggests that the Pharisees had left the scene by the time Jesus spoke to his disciples. Jesus would have been speaking to the people and to the disciples only. This account is unique in the Gospel of St. Luke and reflects St. Luke's confidence in the truth of Jesus' divine origin and nature, including the ability to know the future. In St. Luke's account, Jesus describes in significant detail an event which would not happen for 40 years, the destruction of Jerusalem by Titus on orders from his father, the emperor Vespasian, in 70 AD. 
When you hear the reading, keep in mind how Titus actually destroyed the city. He built a barrier around it, then destroyed the city, including the temple, stone by stone. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you do not know the time of your visitation. The last verse in that reading contains the doctrinal message for Trinity 10. You did not know the time of your visitation. None of us knows the time of our visitation. None of us knows when Jesus will fulfill his promise to return again to judge mankind. Christian teaching since the early church is that we should not spend time wondering when the last days will come, but instead focused on living a godly, righteous life. The psalmist gave the same advice in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that hath not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, and hath not sat in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law will he exercise himself day and night. And also remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, verse 20, our reading just a few weeks before in the season. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. But that is not the only message of today's gospel reading. In the second half of St. Luke's account, his account of Jesus' cleansing of the temple or driving out those who bought and sold in it, St. Luke offers less detail than do St. Matthew and St. Mark describing the act in a single long sentence comprising a single verse, verse 45. The sparse wording may account for why the most quoted verse associated with the cleansing of the temple comes not from St. Luke's account, but that of St. Matthew, who labeled them money changers. In all fairness, it must be understood that the money changers were there because Jewish law forbade any coin with the likeness of Caesar inside the temple. They operated in the outside court known as the court of the Gentiles. The coin they were selling was a coin minted on the Mediterranean coast at Tyre. However, it must be said that they most likely did their trading for exorbitant fees and sold other products and services than money changing, including sacrificial animals, also at high markups. Displaying his extensive knowledge of the writings of the prophets, Jesus used two Old Testament quotations from the Septuagint or Greek Old Testament text from Isaiah 56, 7, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus quoted only the first half of the sentence to which he added a phrase from the work of the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 7, verse 11, you have made it a den of thieves. Together, these two quotes are evidence of Jesus' declaration in Matthew 5, verse 17, that he came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Afterwards, St. Luke tells us that Jesus taught in the temple 
but does not say what he taught. The prayer book reading for 10th Sunday after Trinity leaves out the last verse, and I offer it now as evidence that Jesus' words did not dissuade the temple leadership, but only seemed to inflame them. But the chief priests and scribes and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for 10th Sunday after Trinity are available at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net with seasonal videos and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and podcast versions of all three from the podcast archive page. Information about all AIC bookstore publications, including those referred to below, are available, is available through the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. First, Lives of the Saints, an AIC Christian education video series in two series with multiple episodes in each. From the first series, St. Paul is the focus of episode 5 and St. Luke of episode 15. From the second series, Archbishop Cranmer is one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28. From Layman's Lexicon, entries of interest are Gentiles, Holy Spirit, Judgment, Knowledge, Righteous-slash-Righteousness, Second Coming, Septuagint, Temple, and Wisdom. In the prayer book Psalter, History, Text, and Commentary, Psalm 1, the two-way psalm is discussed on pages 1 and 2, and Psalm 118 on pages 272 to 274. In the writing prophets of the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah is discussed and illustrated in part 1, chapter 1, pages 13 to 29, including the text box Isaiah in Christian Liturgy on page 16, the prophet Jeremiah is discussed in Part 2, Chapter 2, pages 21 to 28, with the text box Jeremiah in Christian Liturgy on page 24. And the prophet Zechariah is discussed in Part 3, Chapter 11, pages 105 to 110, with the text box Zechariah in Scripture and Christian Liturgy on pages on page 106. And finally, in Christian spirituality and Anglican perspective, blessedness as demonstrated in the uses of blessed is, blessed are, and blessed be in the book of Psalms is discussed in part 4 on pages 33 to 61. The first closing prayer for 10th Sunday after Trinity is a catena of my own composition on Psalm 147 verses 157 and 11. And the second is the collect for 10th Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer based on both the Gelasian and Leonine sacramentaries as they were used in the church in England. First, the Catena on Psalm 147. O praise the Lord, for it is a good thing to sing praises unto our God, yea, a joyful and pleasant thing it is to be thankful. Great is our Lord, and great is his power, 
Yea, his infinite, his wisdom is infinite. O sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praises upon the harp unto our God. The Lord's delight is in them that fear him and put their trust in his mercy. O praise the Lord. Amen. And now the collect. Let thy merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of thy humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.